Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm not alone today. i got a friend in the studio, David Lewis. He's the new executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And man, y'all are up to some good things. So welcome. Thanks for having me again. And Rebecca. congratulations. Thank you. It's a it's a new job. Been here for about a month, um, and it's exciting and wonderful. You jumped in, uh, feet on the ground, running, and I hear y'all got some great things to uh, give out to those that may be looking for grants or other opportunities. But first, David, let's talk about the Arts Commission because I feel like if I don't know enough about it, then there's probably a lot of folks who also don't know much about it. So when you're giving your elevator speech for the last four weeks. <laughs> Yes. How do you sort of explain or encompass all that you guys um, do there? Well, very basically, we are the state's agency for granting and programming for arts artists, arts organizations, and even teaching artists. So anything related to the arts, we're usually the point people for that. And we provide a lot of really great grants for people all throughout the state. What, when you say, oh, what should the government or whatever be in the arts? Absolutely they should because it helps to sort of trampoline into other things. But how, how important is it that these grants and these opportunities are out there for the arts in Mississippi? Well, there's a tremendous impact that arts and culture has on Mississippi's GDP. So there's a very strong economic development angle for this and economic impact angle. But also, Mississippi is known for its arts, and mm-hmm. so we try to cultivate that and make sure that the next B.B. King and the next Oprah are, are well-supported, but also trying to really cultivate a place and a state where artists feel supported to stay and to thrive. You know, there are a lot of great people who are here doing amazing art and creating great culture, and so we're here to support that and, and lift those up. I love on your website, it says, the creative legacy of our state is still being written, and yes. I think we have to remember that, yes, we have our greats that we always and our icons that we look back to that really, you know, set Mississippi on a map for literature and arts and all things. We've got some great young ones that are coming up and two, you know, midlife ones, not just babies, right. but they're coming up and doing um, exceptional things, putting Mississippi on the map. Um, I don't know if you're an American Idol watcher. I was just about to I say. <laughs> just last night, we had a two, Mississippian, two Mississippians sort of make their mark and hopefully they'll be here on good things uh, before, before too long. But I mean, 
the it, the list just keeps going on and on. But it's hard to sort of get your breakout moment. And I know that's why a lot of the grants and the support you guys do is so important. So you have some grants um, coming up here, I guess, when the deadline's fast approaching, kind of. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the uh, window to apply for the majority of our grants is February 1st to March 1st. So coming right up here mm-hmm. in a few weeks, there's still time to apply. In fact, we have a grant writer workshop tomorrow night at 530 that will be a webinar online. So you can go to our website and find out information about that. But it'll be a great opportunity for tips on revising, editing, proofreading, and, and fine-tuning that grant. So it's a great opportunity to learn how to even write a grant. So that's going right now. We have a, just a wide array of different types of grants for different types of people as well. Because I think an artist listening probably is like, I'm not like in the grant kind of, that's not usually what I look for, right? They may put their hat out and ask for some coins or whatever, you know, when they're, when they're out playing or maybe, you know, going to their side gigs and trying to work their way up. So let's talk about these grants, David. Like, what do they look like? What are they for? I mean, how could someone, utilize some of the funds that you have available and i know it's all different stages and phases right so let's let's start with artists because you talked about artists so for an artist an individual we have artist fellowships now that is going to be i think up to five thousand dollars for the artist to be able to get supplies that they may need to create new work so we take a look at their portfolio it's very i think it's pretty portfolio driven so we take a look at their work and and it allows them to take that next step so if they're a musician and they need some new uh performing gear or if they are an artist who needs some new uh, equipment to like an easel or even some sort of special like if it's a spray painting artist they might need some sort of special sprayer uh, that equipment is, is what helps take them sometimes to the next level yeah. and it, like a, a screen printer might need a new piece of you know a replacement part for their machinery so this is a great opportunity for them to create new work with this extra boost but they also have individual artist project grants so this is if an artist is going to do a project in the community and wants to give back to their community, this is going to go for that. So, like a mural, yeah, or like a, a mural, or even somebody said that they were they recorded an album with community members. So, oh, it, rather than it being kind of a, an album for themselves, which is wonderful and great, this artist chose to actually use musicians within his own community and made it a part of the whole, you know, his whole town as a part of this album. So there was that was a great example of of an artist individual artist project. Grant, yeah. Lots of things to sort of think about and mull over into. I hope even if this doesn't apply to you, like I have no desire to make albums or do anything like that, but you may have someone creative in your, you know, in your circle that does and would never have thought of this being something that could fit for them because now I'm understanding the grant writing process, David, where you would have to show purpose for the new equipment or right. whatever. It's not just asking for money. It's right. like, hey, this is what I need. This is what it costs. This is what it go for. You know, that kind of that kind of thing. Yep. And there's another really cool part of a, a grant opportunity. So Mississippi is full of traditional and folk artists. And so there is a folk arts apprenticeship grant. This is really cool. And, and it's for artists who are looking to train the next generation of, of up-and-coming, let's see, blues musicians or, or painters. If it's a traditional or folk art, you can actually get a grant to work with another person to tr- 
to pass that trade along to the next generation. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, again, it's, it's, it's investing in continuing those rich traditions that is, is throughout all of Mississippi. So that would be the person that would be the one learning or the person that would do the learning? That's a great I mean, question. So I think that it is, <laughs> um, it is for a master folk artist and apprentice to work together. Um, so, um, I'm not quite, I'm trying to read my fact sheet because I'm still new to the job um, okay. on who applies for it, but, um, but one or the way, other, yeah, they can go and learn. Right. And, and where do you find out all the information about the grants? All of that information is on our website at arts.ms.gov. Now, are the grant process, are they daunting? No, and it, it can kind of seem daunting. That's a four letter word. Right. Well, it's also just like. It could just be overwhelming. There's a lot of questions that ask. One of the things that I really want to stress to people is that our staff is incredible and always there to answer questions. So just reach out. In fact, we have an office hour every single day, except for today because it's a state holiday. So, But every single day of the week, we have an office hour from noon to one. People can hop on a Zoom call, and there's going to be somebody there to answer your questions. And if you have any further questions, just email us or, or give us a call. They're very, our staff is very hands-on in helping make sure that everybody's questions are answered. If you're even even if you don't maybe have access to a computer or are curious about navigating that, we've had people come into the office and fill out a paper application before. So our staff will help walk you through that process the best of their ability. Could this also be for teachers for things they're doing in their classroom, or is it specifically for like individuals in the community? That's a great question. So I would there are a lot of different qualifications I would just check out based on the way that that individual structures their grant. But I say that to say there's a program that we have called the Whole Schools Initiative that works in schools training teachers to bring art principles into core curriculum uh, classes, so math, sciences, all of those principles, are they, they work to bring arts into that. So there's a great initiative that we have called Whole Schools that you could check out. But we also have a teaching artist roster. So if you're an artist who is, is also a certified teaching artist in the state of Mississippi, you can apply to be a part of our teaching artist roster and get and, and be able to access additional grant opportunities through that. Or teachers can also reach out to this roster and bring in a dancer, a dance instructor, or a painter and, and know how to get the, the, the right professional into the room to teach their kids. This is neat. How long has the Art Commission been around? A uh, little over six, somewhere between 50 and 60 years, I believe. Um, it was Established in 1968. Yeah. so we're, I just happened to have it pulled up. It's, I think it's a little over, I don't think we're quite at 60 yet. Is that right? Is that math? Oh, math is hard, especially on a holiday. 70. Sorry, gosh, 70. Oh, but we look 60, right? Right, we, we look no more than 50. <laughs> no more than 50. No, we're almost 70. I was thinking about this because you know me. Uh, our last interview, I think, was about the bicentennial. I love an anniversary. So I was thinking the other day, I was like, when when is the next big time that we can celebrate right. age? I think it's 70. I think it's 70. Well, I think there's a lot to celebrate. It feels like this is a best-kept secret for a lot <laughs> yes. of folks. How many um, grants do you guys normally hand out every year? That's a great question. So it can be several hundred of them. Really? I know that, yes. So it's not like, oh, there's only one? No, no, no. We actually um, I, we really try to grant as many people as possible. So we don't necessarily give the maximum amount, we will actually try to look at our holistic budget, which last year was, I think, $1.6 million, over $1.6 million, and then try to award as much of 
the award that we can give to as many people as possible. And that also includes one we haven't talked about, which is arts organizations. All right. Well, that's a perfect place mm-hmm. to pause. We've got more coming up with David Lewis, Executive Director for Mississippi Arts Commission, coming up next. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. You can watch Good Things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can now watch Good Things on Seaspire TV. Would you have that? We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which is saying it's a beautiful day outside here in Mississippi. I think maybe some rain is coming, but we won't talk about that. At least it's in the 70s, and you can wear a light jacket if you like or not. And all thing is good, David, I feel like. Because, man, last couple of, well, it's just Mississippi. It's, and it's just Mississippi. And it's still February, so anything's coming. We haven't had spring break yet. Another right. cold snap's on the way. But let's just enjoy the fact that today right. <laughs> is a little bit of a sunshiny day. And that there's lots of good opportunities with the Mississippi Arts Commission if you're the creative type. And we didn't get to all of it. We kind of hit on, like, the musician side of it. But you were sort of uh, teasing us with another thing. So what else y'all got going on That's there? right. We uh, also service arts organizations throughout the state and for general sort of nonprofits or city entities. If you want to do an arts based project, we've got grants for you. And so we do a large operating grant for arts organizations. So this may be the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra, or it might be the Walter Anderson Museum on the coast, or it could be the BB King Museum in Indianola. All these organizations apply for operational dollars. And those are our largest grants we up to up to thirty thousand dollars for them to be able to stay open and operating um and so that's one really great one and then again there's the project grants for organizations so that's like and that's up to five thousand dollars so that's like if um and and it requires a dollar for dollar match so that's like if they want to come in and do a mural or do a festival or um, something very specific and project based sort of has a timeline, a start and an end date. Um, that those are pretty um, wide open as well, and and have a a pretty wide wide array, uh, wide array of things that you can actually qualify for. So it's all about creativity, right? And so whatever way you want to get creative and and pitch those ideas, we're ready to listen to them. We talked about the musician part. When you think of arts, that's like that, and then like painting are the two things that come <laughs> to mind. But Outside of that box, how have Mississippians gone outside the box and used dollars from the Mississippi Arts Commission to be creative in their communities? Well, one really other strong uh, arm that we have in Mississippi is our literary strength. You know, we have a lot of amazing writers come out of Mississippi. So we have a strong poet program. We have a poet laureate uh, in, in Mississippi that's through the Arts Commission. But we also have this really amazing program that's coming up uh, next month called Poetry Out Loud through the uh, National Endowment for the Arts. And this is a program that uh, equips high school students to 
do like spoken word poetry. It's like a competition and they go on to nationals and it's That's a pretty cool. amazing way for us to really represent. We actually have, uh, have won the, we have, we've had someone win the championship, the national really? championship in our state. Not very many states have that. I feel like that's a good thing I need to know about. It's an amazing thing. And in fact, uh, I found out the other day that the NEA really loves to show off Mississippi for other small states. And they'll have like, all, like I think Vermont or New Hampshire called the other day and was like, we're supposed to kind of watch what you're doing with your program. How do we do that? And so, yeah, it's a really great oh, cool. way for us to shine, uh, especially our literary strength. Well, that's really neat. Yeah. And so is that in, like happening in the schools or if we've got folks that are into uh, – have kids who are into poetry or whatever, how do you get involved with that? That's a great question. I know that our website has a lot of information about that. Um, I know that they are in training right now with the top whatever the ones that have been selected to kind of go to compete. Um, it's actually at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, we have an award or like a whole ceremony thing. That happens um, on March 9th. It's the day after Arts Day at the Capitol, which we host at the state capitol. Well, tell us about that. That must be coming up. That's the, Yeah, it's an exciting day where we get to really show off the arts. We're working with um, our advocates and our, our friends all over the state to come together in the capital city to celebrate arts and the various forms that it, it, it manifests. And so it'll have a whole array of programming around it. But you'll be able to find us, the Arts Commission, in the rotunda with all of our programs programming information and can ask our staff any questions if you just want to find a way to find us in person. Uh, we'll be there from, I think, 1 o'clock to 4.30 that day. When you think about Mississippi and the Bicentennial, which yes. I guess we're coming up on 200, what, three or four, no, six, seven? Two, yeah, something like, because it was in uh, 1817. <sighs> so so we're, <laughs> we're coming on. 206. 206. Okay. She's still young. But uh, when you think about what brings us all together, it's our food, obviously, and our culture, but our arts. Yes. And I think that's one thing that we all take pride in, mm-hmm. no matter what they, you know, it doesn't matter background. If you're come from Mississippi and, you know, you're rocking it and your perspective art, like we support you. Right. Absolutely. Everybody can get behind it. It's a very unifying, common, you know, common denominator that everybody can rally around because it just brings people together. What is it about the arts that intrigued you to take on leadership there at the Mississippi Arts Commission, David? Although you've got a laundry list of a great resume of supporting the Thank city you. and all the things it does. Well, Mississippi, like you said, it, it is so much rooted in its identity in the arts. I mean, the arts are the heartbeat of Mississippi for me, whether it's the blues to uh, Eudora Welty's writing to her photography. I mean, a lot of people knew that Eudora was a photographer and an incredible photographer at that to, um, you know, uh, the films that have been made here, yeah. the film industry is booming here. I think that's here. just getting started. Yeah, I know it's amazing, and there's a great there's a there's a whole film office dedicated to it. Nina Parikh over there is doing some amazing work, and uh, and and they're just and then even like how much tourism is rooted in you know you have the blues trail and you have all the juke joints and, and festivals all across the state, whether on the coast or whether you have the Neshoba County Fair, even that's full of art. I mean, you walk to the Neshoba County Fair, you walk in, you see all those colorful uh, cabins just lined up and you can see how much we sort of uh, emit creativity and arts in Mississippi and I think it's such a great place and uh, we, we really pride ourselves to be able to really continue to help support and amplify that story. I also think encouraging that in your kids because it's such a great way for them to express themselves in yes. a safe manner. Yes, absolutely. Like in, a, in an encouraging manner. I did have a text, David. Someone said, may have missed it, but does Mississippi Arts Commission help community theaters? And if you do, help. Yes, absolutely. Our theaters are really strong and um, 
integral part of this. I mean, I was a community theater kid, and we've got some great ones in Jackson. We have New Stage Theater. So if there's a if a community theater, look for our programming, uh, operational programmings, or even our our project grants. Um, that's a great opportunity to plug in and get a grant for for um, any of the programming being done or the organization itself. Um, we also last year were able to do uh, a bring back and hope to continue to bring back and expand this amazing grant grant opportunity called the Building Fund for the Arts. This was actually three, $3 million that the state gave us to be able to invest in arts facilities. A lot of them were community theaters. And so if if they've got walls they need to repair or restrooms they need to upgrade or uh, like, you know, just anything or if they want to expand, uh, this is a great opportunity for, for them to be able to apply for um, – dollars that they can put into the actual building itself because our 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 creative spaces are the places where community really happens right like where we can come together and watch a play or right. hear a musical or, or watch and a, a lot performance of times they're historic they are they're important and and it's we we see the value in that so that's why we're trying to increase and expand that program we'll know at the end of this year or the in this session whether um, we'll be able to continue that so we hope to be able to do that um, and we'll know more about the summer so that great Grant is not open right now, but stay tuned because we really hope to be able to continue that. Um, and so, yeah, our theaters are an amazing part of the fabric of, of who our state is. I did not realize until starting Good Things how many community theaters we, we actually have. Yes. I would have thought New Stage and maybe like one obviously in the north and probably one in the south. But then like there's almost one, not in every county, but, but within driving distance yes, of every county. Absolutely. Is, and they do some amazing work. Absolutely. So that's really cool. So well, you're always welcome back if, if you have good news to share in terms of Grant opportunities David. I appreciate that. but I you know the fact that you were a community theater kid just I, I can see it now <laughs> so what was your shining moment on stage what what well, role did you I was a brother in a, a production of uh, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream code up in Madison at one point and uh, did a little bit I, I knew a lot of people in community theater here in the metro area and uh, that was really the only play I got to do I did some uh, theater at my high school at Jackson Academy, but um, wish I had been able to do more. And maybe one day I'll get back into it. You know, they say you're never too late to right. get on stage if it's calling you. Right. There you go. Uh, maybe that's next. Maybe that's the back half of your life. That's, right. You know, in your <laughs> every time I have new stage on, they'll like, yes, Rebecca, come on. I'm like, no, no. You should do it. No, I could probably do really well at some impromptu, but if you made me like remember lines right. and then have to like say them as if they're natural. Maybe it could That's be a one woman show. Everything would completely just crumble around. Maybe it's just a one woman radio show is the premise of the the whole thing and you could just build it from there and every night is different. And every night is you know that, that, I've had a little practice at that that might that might art you never know what you never know. You never know what form it's going to come in. Well, obviously there's a lot of great opportunities you've you spit out a lot of good information, David, but everybody can go where if they are interested in learning more. Arts.ms.gov. All righty. I feel like this is first of many, so you're welcome back anytime, David. Thank you so much. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Well, you know, I know you don't 
Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And Rhino hitting the music out of the park today. Perfect for our next guest, Stafford Sheridan, who is gearing up for their second annual Lawnmower Mardi Gras parade there in Drew, Mississippi. So he's back. Hey, Stafford. Hey, Rebecca. How and are wh- you? And where are you right now? Because it's the most Mississippi thing ever. What are you doing? I'm on the, I'm on the farm at my shop working on a tractor. So. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for planting season. Getting ready for planting season. I'm Absolutely. sure you're taking time for tomorrow's the big day. You guys chose Fat Tuesday this year for your lawnmower Mardi Gras parade. I know this is the second annual, so that must have been last year must have been a lot of fun. So go back to last year. What a big hit was this? The last year was a big hit, but it was 19 degrees that night. <laughs> it was, you know, and I know probably people remember Peyton Aldridge, who was just on American Idol. He was our live music. So we have live entertainment after the show and uh, after the parade, rather. And he was our live music. And I think Peyton almost froze to death. <laughs> and I can promise you he'll remember a lot of stuff in life, but he will never forget freezing to death in Drew, Mississippi at last year's Mardi Gras parade because it was, it was 19 degrees with about a 20-mile-an-hour wind. So, but tomorrow's great weather. Yes, and say tomorrow should be a lot better weather for that. And this was all of your idea, your idea of sort of bringing the spirit of Mardi Gras, you know, up to the Mississippi Delta. Traditionally, this is something that's around the coast or there into New Orleans. It's sort of a Creole thing. But the Mardi Gras spirit, you know, can, can happen any. Anywhere. So why did you want to bring it to Drew? Well, actually, it was not my idea to do the lawnmower parade. A friend of mine and I were talking years ago. His name was Tom Davis. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But we were talking about doing a Mardi Gras parade and Drew being maybe a little too small for one. He says, well, we'll just do it with lawnmowers since we're a small town. And I never forgot that. And then for several years, we talked about doing it. Last year, we finally bit the bullet, had our first one. And had a really good turnout, actually, considering how cold it was. Uh, so we're hoping to grow it this year, and next year we've got even more big plans to make it even bigger. All right, well, let's talk about tomorrow. So <clears throat> if people are in driving distance, Stafford, what time do they get there? What can they expect? Um, what's going on? So the parade starts at 5 o'clock, and it's going to go down. If you've ever been to Drew, it's going to go from Drew High School down Shaw to downtown Drew. we got a nice little park downtown, and when the parade is over, Duff Dura's son, Marlo Dura, is going to be playing in the gazebo there. He's going to play for an hour or so. It's going to be from about to 8. There'll be live music. Open downtown, we're going to have kind of a little after party there. But you don't have to pay a thing. You can just come in, bring your cooler, bring your lawnmower golf cart. I'm bringing – you're going to be in the parade, and you're going to be riding on my John Deere Gator. Yes, I am, yes. It's uh, ATVs and all kind of stuff will be in it. We'll have it decorated up for you. So you you can come be in the parade, drive your Gator downtown, and we'll just hang out. We're going to block the street off afterwards and have a little street dance and just have a good time so you don't have to spend a thing. Free to be in the parade, free to come watch it. I know we're going to have a couple of high school bands in there and then 
a lot of lawnmowers and stuff, so it should be fun. Stafford, when I told my daddy I got asked to be the Grand Marshal for a lawnmower Mardi Gras parade, he said, my God, he said, when people ask me what you're up to, she's done it all. (laughs) (laughs) I got family members that came from the Leland-Greenville area, and so he just got super tickled that, uh, you know, that it was an opportunity that was presented. So I look forward to it. I'm bringing my girls, and we're going to have a good time. And so if anybody would like to come out, I'd love to meet them um, as well. So I love that you're bringing the spirit of Mardi Gras to the Delta or just trying to have a good time. So I think it's going to be, I'm just super glad too. It's not 19 degrees. I appreciate that Stafford. Oh yeah. It's going to be like 73 tomorrow afternoon, pretty much a carbon copy of today here in the Delta. It's nice, a little windy, but it's going to be nice weather. And uh, you know, one thing in Drew, we're always looking for a reason to have a party. So yeah, there's, there's that. There's that. All right, buddy. Well, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. If, if someone wants to find out more information or, or more about the parade route, where can they go? The easiest thing to do is if you're on Facebook is to follow Stafford's Market and Deli on Facebook because the restaurant sponsors this, and so we always put out all the information. And we're also on Instagram, so you can go to either place, Instagram or Facebook. It's probably the easiest way to find it. All righty. Well, I appreciate your time. Get back to working on your lawnmower, and I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. How much fun is that going to be? I just love that no matter where you're at, you can sort of embrace the spirit of Mardi Gras. I know there's been a lot of great parades and um, events happening along the Mississippi Gulf Coast all the way up to Pascagoula, Pas Christian, just really working your way up. We say it all the time when it comes around this time, Rhino. I was just floored whenever I became a student at Southern Miss. And you got like Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday off of school. They called it like Mardi Gras break. I thought, what is this? This is amazing. So right now there's a lot of uh, students who, you know, have the next couple of days um, off to sort of enjoy uh, the Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday and then obviously gear up for for Ash Wednesday and, oh, yeah. and, and the, coming of, uh, the coming of Easter. So this is your thing. You've been to the Mardi Gras, right? Oh, yeah. I've been to multiple Mardi Gras, Carnival, whatever you want to call it, and I've actually been in New Orleans on Bourbon Street on Fat Tuesday when the horses come down the road and push you off to the sides and get you off Bourbon because at midnight, Mardi Gras becomes Ash Wednesday, and it's a totally different animal. So really, like at midnight on Tuesday, they shut oh, yeah. it down? Any other day of the year, you can be on Bourbon Street till the sun comes up. Do the priests come out with like their sage and all their, I mean, whatever it is? I didn't stay out there that long. Well, midnight's the, not uh, that long. The, the police officers are rather stern with their this is it. This message is over. that you were supposed to get off the street and go home. I don't think I realize that. I, I can appreciate that, though. That's sticking to what the tradition is supposed to be, is you sort of eat, drink, and be merry, and then you gear up for 40 days of sort of fasting, which, um, you know, leave it to leave it to humans to take something religious and create a massive party out of it. Um, but, hey... You know, it's it's got a lot of other good meaning and, and good times sort of wrapped into it as well. I know this year was the first year a lot of parades were back in full blown per in person, so that was um, that was a big deal. Speaking, oh yeah. Speaking of grand marshals, I saw where our Steve Azar here on Super Talk, the host of In a Mississippi Minute. He was the one for Neptune, King Neptune, I think, down on the Gulf Coast this past weekend. So if you're getting out and you're enjoying. Your last little bit. And two, this is one thing and I say this all the time. I'm so appreciative that it feels like for the most part, those who make king cakes tomorrow is it like that is it. Like You may have one that lingers, obviously, if you buy it. But for the most part, it's that one tradition that 
you're not going to get a fresh one after today or tomorrow. You're going to have to wait until carnival season next year. Which by tomorrow, if you're making king cakes, you are about done looking oh, at them. Absolutely. Yeah. If you watch some of the backstories of those like Paul's Pastry and some of the others who really gear up for this time of year, they are sick of it. I mean, they, they're grateful for it, but it's like... Well, I mean, think about it this way. They're, in any industry, in any job, every once in a while, you'll have those all-hands-on-deck moments. Whether it's all hands on deck at a restaurant where every shift, night shift, day shift, prep cooks, everybody, you got to show up on this day at this time because we're cleaning the restaurant. Or if you got an office job and it's this entire floor of the, of the, of the company all has to come together for a meeting on this day. Everybody has those, those big gatherings where it's all hands on deck. Everybody's got to pull their weight. But usually they're spaced out. They're few and far between. They're not a regular occurrence season. like king cakes. Correct. Is there any other holiday that has a, like, one thing, one pastry, one dessert, one something? I guess turkeys would be for Thanksgiving. You could right. sort of say that. But you don't, you don't make, the, you, you know, sadly, you take the turkey home and you make it yourself. It's not, like created um most for the most part i don't know about a pastry and this is probably just a personal preference but i associate cordial cherries like the chocolate covered yeah, cherries i associate those with christmas they sell them year round you know but, i don't think i've ever noticed that they were sold year round I think oh yeah I, only... I didn't realize they were sold year round until a couple years ago i'm standing in line in like the middle of june behind somebody and they're buying a box of chocolate covered cherries and i'm going Wait, they sell those right now? But you and know, got out of line and went and looked. Sure enough, there's three boxes on the shelf. You've got pumpkin, <clears throat> you've got pumpkin pie and all that for like the Thanksgiving. But you don't. They don't come out in mass droves like the king cake. I feel like the king cake has its, its place in sort of like the calendar year. That it's like well, the only like one of the only seasons that's got like that. That is it. That is the turkey of Thanksgiving. That is the whatever of whatever. And I appreciate you only get it. On the ceasefire text line, Patrick in Louisville chimes in with chocolate bunnies for Easter. That is true. I think you could also add peeps to that. Yes, you don't see peeps any other time of year. Well, you used to not. Are now, they now they come them? around a little bit more often. They they have Halloween peeps with the little ghosts and the little That's pumpkins and stuff. Nobody eats those. No. They're just decorative in your basket. I tell you what, though, peeps in coffee is pretty dang good. I never tried that. Oh, yeah, just sit you a little... Little yellow peep there on top of your cup of coffee and let it melt. Well, look what I'm going to try this coming up Easter season. But let's get through the carnival season first. We got that more coming up next. And stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
You can listen to good things. We are streaming live at birdsupertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Have you downloaded that yet? And you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And head on over to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen so you can find out how you can win a, get a chance to win some tickets. You're just going to be able to enter your name to one of our registration boxes, which is located throughout the state. You can go to Celebration Nutrition in Columbus, Be Quick in Macomb, Got Gear Motorsports in Ridgeland, and there's so many more. Again, that is supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find the full list of registration locations. And winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault Hemingway Stadium coming up Sunday, April the 23rd. All of this is brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. So it's coming quick, fast, and in a hurry. And also while you're over there, you can sign up for uh, our Super Talk newsletter for our Super Talk Mississippi news team. Is covering Mississippi like nobody else, so you can stay up to date. They got a free weekly newsletter. You can sign up to over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. So lots of good things going on over there. You can also find a great write-up um, by the Supertalk Mississippi News team about the two Mississippians who got – did both get golden tickets last night? I know they both were on American Idol. I know I Zach got watch. his golden ticket, so forgive me if, if Colin – I was trying to read to see if he – if he did, I am uh, America's Got Talent and a voice fan, primarily because they're on NBC. I have no affiliation with NBC whatsoever, but it's weird to watch Fox. And so I, I didn't catch it last night, but I saw on my social media feeds everybody going crazy that we had two Mississippians pretty much from the same area or town. That made same it on county, the, I think. Or same county, made it on the same night and the same on the same show. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was busier checking out the uh, fact that Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the Olive Branch native, won the Daytona 500 after an almost 200 race gap between wins. And went viral for taking his trophy to the Waffle House. His trophy. That's the the key thing about I don't think it's all races. I think some races you actually get the trophy but I know for a fact with the Daytona 500, there are two trophies per race. You have the trophy which is a big honking thing, and the car on top, I want to say, is a prototype designed by the guy that the trophy's named after. I just went blank on his name, but he he designed the Corvette, the very first Corvette, and he was friends with the France family who ran NASCAR, and the, the trophy is named after him with his prototype designed car on top. So you have the big one that stays at Daytona. Mm-hmm. Stays there at the speedway. And they put everybody's name on there, right? And then every winner gets a replica that was designed by a different sculptor and stuff. But it's it's essentially the same trophy, just smaller. And that's what he took with him to the Waffle House, which I love. There's a video over on the Good Things Facebook group. This is why you should be a member. We put all kinds of fun stuff there that went viral of him just toting it in with his entourage there to the Waffle House. He hungry, wanting something smother covered and. And chunked. I mean, if I just rode, what, 200 miles? Well, it was the longest Daytona 500 in history. It's usually only 500 miles, but I think this one ran 533. How's that possible? When you get to the end of the race and you have a caution or something happens, you don't want to end the race where everybody's going slow. That kind of defeats the purpose of a race. <laughs> so they had overtime. Well, there was something else, snafu, crash, that kind of thing. It happens at Daytona. It happens at the super speedways. I had no idea there was so overtime in NASCAR. Double, 
the the rules have changed. We would have to where's Scary Gary? We'd have to get Scary Gary in here to to fully break down the rules. I'm still a novice when it comes to NASCAR rules, and I'm I know for a fact the rules have changed about overtime. Yeah, because. It wasn't that long ago where you had a green-white checker where you could still have the end of the race and not. And it, It's NASCAR. They change the rules every three or four years to spice it up a bit. I'm still impressed they can go 500 miles without tinkling. I mean, that's a I, long way. I think that's, uh, that's just up to personal preference, Well, whether they hold it or not. Well, but we don't need to go into all that. <laughs> <laughs> still, it's just amazing. No wonder they're hungry. They need snacks. And they need to powder their nose after 530 miles in a car going around and around. But still, it's cool. It's cool that, you know, uh, he's from uh, Olive Branch, Mississippi. I think it's cool that he's very laid back. He was proud of it. He wanted to take it into the Waffle House. You could see that he was uh, chit-chatting with the staff. The Harley J. Earl Trophy from the 662 on the, on the ceasefire text line. I knew it was a name associated with, with auto history. Trent Harmon, who won American Idol, lives in Becker, in Monroe County also. All right. And Jeff says, when Stenthouse was declared the winner, I yelled so loud that my cat disappeared. <laughs> it's Again, it's a Mississippi thing. We're such a small community that when one of us does well, it doesn't even matter if you are into it or understand. You're just like, yes, go home team. And it was so, extra special that he's been on such a long drought. I mean, he hadn't had a race win in years now, but he got the Daytona 500. That's the big one. That's and he probably got an all star special, or probably maybe a little more there at the Waffle House. Oh, you know what? We need to figure out what he ordered. I'll see if I can't figure that out. All right, you guys stick with this. We got more for you coming up next with Sports Talk Mississippi from three to six. I heard there was a lot of good baseball over the weekend, but you guys stick stick with us. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.